load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Well, don't you take me, St. Peter, because I can't go. I owe my soul to multiple retail stores. <laughs> it's Radio Free Tote Bag, and I'm Audrey. I'm Donovan. So many jobs! <laughs> I hate, I, I don't like it. I, I, I think I might not have that many jobs for very long, actually. <laughs> The job collector hobby is an exhausting thing to get into. Oh, yeah. All your time, all your energy, it's hard. You got your display cases for the various jobs, and each <laughs> week you wake up and you spit on each of them. Fuck we you. We don't like them. Fuck you, and fuck you, and also fuck you. Uh, but you know who we don't say fuck you to? <laughs> That's a great guest intro right there. We've got a musician, Robin Hatch, with us. Welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Of course, have you, welcome. Have you ever had a more kind introduction than that? We really like to <laughs> pump our guests up at the beginning. We say we don't say fuck you. Yeah, no, we that was cool. I, I, I love swearing too. That's badass. So that's <laughs> thank you. I'm flattered. Well, it's, we're, one of, we're, it's one of life's greatest joys is using words that you're not supposed to. It's true. Honestly, Unless true. you're really not supposed to. And then those aren't as fun to say. And that's not as fun. But it's like the, <laughs> yeah, the George true. Carlin words you can't say on TV, bit, yeah. except for this is a dating and relationship advice podcast. And the FCC can't tell us what to do. <laughs> We're nationally syndicated. If you know who we are and subscribe to us on your podcast you app of choice. <laughs> Do you think in George Carlin, like when he made that joke, because I have no contact or reference point for it, but that those swear words were as bad as like the unsayable words we have now? Like, I don't think that I, they no. weren't nearly if as the bad. the weight is the same. Because I don't know, there definitely was more sensitivity to just like dropping a, a fuck or a, a shit on air like that could get the rating of your movie kicked up. But that feels like a different kind of upsetting to people than like a slur or something that like yeah, has true. that kind of weight to it. Are you ready for yes. the seven words that you are not permitted to say <laughs> according to George Carlin? Let's hear them. We're counting That's, them down. And we'll just we'll discuss as we go. I think that'll be I think that'll be fun. <laughs> shit. All right, a classic. How do we feel about shit? It's fine. Just a Pretty great cool. word. Just a great word. It's got a good it to it. It's like a good <laughs> sound. Yeah, yeah. Strong uh consonant sound at the end. Hiss. Similar Ooh. wheelhouse to me. But it's like, is that even really a swear anymore? Yeah, take the, a piss. That's, you know. Yeah. A friend's oh, mom, when I was in like grade six, got mad at me for saying I was pissed off in the back, like in the backseat of her car, just having like a conversation. Ooh, and sure. uh, even then, I remember saying, like, that's not, a, like, nobody yeah. cares. That's not a swear word. Total gray area. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a, here, oh, God, I love this one. Fuck. Mm. Oh. An old timer. I'm surprised mm. piss is up there with these other two, though. Thus yeah. far, I was kind of anticipating. I mean, I don't know. I guess I can't count off the top of my head how many bad words there are, but seven doesn't seem like a whole lot. And piss well, at number two seems like it's taking up a lot of real yeah. estate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here we go. Very, uh, as disgraced comedian Louis C.K. said, a very chocolatey word cunt. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. It's, up there. it's back in the it's lexicon good, now on Twitter. But yeah, it's it true. Calling everyone a cunt. Never left in England. They they say cunt all the time in England. Yeah, 
And if you say it in Australian accent, it's okay, you go. Oh, then it's kind of like a friendly thing. Yeah. Yeah, Scottish. It's like a you're like a you know a legend. Yeah, yeah. legend. You're a white cunt. Yeah. Here we go, cocksucker. The whole world, the whole word cocksucker, not like cocksucker cock as one word. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. I uh, I have this. taken to use, particularly in the context of playing Magic the Gathering, if somebody wins in a particularly irritating way against me, I will yell cocksucker very loud. Hell yes. Magic I am, culture. Right I there. Do, I, it's like suck cock. So like, I don't know. I don't think that that's, <laughs> makes a whole lot of sense. Motherfucker. Okay. It's like fucks on there twice. That's just a variant. That's not fair. And tits. Really? Tits unusual really now it's now it's all slurs those are the words you can't use anymore are fucking yeah. slurs all of those words are just kind of like words that make your mom upset yeah and the law was kind of based on what makes your how many moms are gonna well, get yeah. angry i mean that they was, start demanding it, action you know it is at the time the words were considered highly inappropriate and unsuitable for broadcast on public airwaves in the united states uh, it was like an fcc thing but as we've established, we are not reined in, but we're kind of a renegade podcast out here in this artistic <laughs> medium or we can Pirate say, radio. Yeah. Or hoist the flag. Yar, et cetera. Yar, this is a show about relationships. Sure is. And, and swear we have, words. When we have relationships to swear words, we also have romantic relationships. We also have relationships to nice guests coming on for the first time. Uh, Robin, for folks who don't know you, do you want to just kind of introduce yourself? What's uh, what's going on? Um, so these guys heard about me through the Blocked Party guys. Um, that's yes. how they reached out, other than following <laughs> me on Twitter. And uh, I uh, am a musician from Toronto. I am like a hired gun touring performer. Um, and I was in a Canadian rock band called Our Lady Peace um for like seven years or so and then most recently was in a band called fucked up another one of those okay. words you're not not allowed to say, say um yeah which has uh served to their detriment i think a lot um <laughs> but it's all part of the you know can't can't break the punk ethos don't want to change it uh and i guess i do like composing on the side but it's more of just like a very pathetic desperate side hustle as i was saying i'm working for instacart um that's kind of my main <laughs> job right now <laughs> you know get that paper however you got to get it and then like i don't know i would i never consider it pathetic to like pursue the thing that you really want to actually do like that's for always sure. what you should be doing thanks it would be nice to get like i live with my parents and so move out but sure. uh it yeah it does uh do you remember when Facebook first came out, there was that Facebook group that was like, I picked a major I like, and one day I will probably be living in a box when, yes. when everyone was in Facebook yeah. groups in like 2005. Um, I go out of my way to step on a crunchy yeah, leaf. Crunchy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, pickle can get more fans than Nickelback. Yes. Yeah, oh exactly. my God. That's a whole genre of fucking pages. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I did. And sometimes I think about how much I hate my like college self for, for deciding to do that. But you know, history. <laughs> yeah. I went for history. Oh, so. history. Nice. Yeah. The lib I did English lit. So yeah, same deal, but I bet you're really excellent at critical thinking, right? I mean, I can analyze the fuck out of a historical event and understand the context behind it, but yeah, I don't know if that helps me any other than it helps me get real mad at a whole bunch of things that are happening currently. <laughs> 
get more accurately and focused <laughs> yes. mad about more things than the average person. Yeah, exactly. I'm like they're mad too. They just don't fully understand why they're mad. I'm like, yeah, well, it's because fucking civil rights. I can tell you exactly why. And pop several <laughs> blood vessels in the process. And this degree proves that. <laughs> Robin, a lot of what you do is uh, is like analog synth type stuff, right? I've seen yeah. some of kind of the, the streaming videos you've posted on Twitter before. That shit is cool as hell. Yeah, it's very I, fucking cool. Audrey has been producing music for a long time using like mainly uh, DAW stuff. And like that's what I'm I'm trying to learn recently to do too. How the fuck do you get into like... I'm going to start getting all of these. I like, I don't even know the terms for a lot of these stuff, but like a lot of these synths and we're wiring I mean, them all together and making fucking crazy machines. cool sound of noises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I've been in cover bands for a long time and always had like just kind of a standard. Well, and like I was in our lady piece too. So I had a, a main keyboard for that. Um, but then I left a band that I was in maybe six years ago and there was kind of like a dispute at the end where basically I took all the money that I'd been, you know, that I received at the end of whatever happened uh, and decided I'm just going to buy like a really nice synthesizer as like a similar to the like Facebook group thing is just like a fuck you. I'm going to like buy, <laughs> buy something really stupid. Um, <laughs> so I got uh, like a profit synth that way. And then uh, other than that, I guess it's most of what I do is just in logic uh, or like in a DAW as well. Um, oh, that's what I'm trying to it, learn. I just installed the, I did a trial of the Roland cloud, um, but my computer is so slow that it, it only runs like two bars of it before it shuts. Oh down. no. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it, is, is Roland but it cloud amazing. what it sounds like? Do you get, is it like patches on a, yeah. like a, oh wow. It's all their drum machines and their legacy synths and they sound really good. Mark, I want, yeah. I yeah, want you got that. It? Yeah, you have to check it out. It's I uh, want to make acid house. <laughs> I'll give me that three hundred three, baby. I'll DM you afterwards, like all the crack plugins websites I've found. Yes, too. yes, yes, yes. Fuck yeah. Wink. Oh, we, no, we're not. We're not going to do that. Wink, <laughs> yeah, wink. sorry. <laughs> this is a parody podcast. It's a renegade show. We don't care who. There's what different we rules say. in Canada, <laughs> so. <laughs> We're, we're very clear when it's parody, and that's kind of part of what makes us such a badass podcast. We don't play by the rules. <laughs> Hell yeah, though. That's, that's super cool it's stuff to, cool. Be, to be into. I, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of dreaming of having some point where I could have space to and, and, and the skill set and the money to, to get a bunch of analog stuff. And I don't know. I just want to make fucking weird noise and yell over the weird noises. Is that so much to ask? That's my, that's my dream. I would I, like I to that. yell over the weird noises. The, the synth I have right now that looks kind of like a battleship setup is on loan to me for a year, um, mm. which is insane to me. Like old gearhead guys who are like, you can just, yeah, I trust you to like, take this God and learn damn. about the art of synthesis or something so that's uh yeah. i don't have the money for that but um yeah same here i feel like i it's the kick in the pants i've needed to like get my shit together for recording but yeah mm -hmm. it's always so hard you know how it is as creatives yeah. that's Absolutely. why i i started um i decided that i would write a different outro theme for the patreon every week Nice. Just so I would like force myself to like write just 
anything something every week has it been going good it's been going yes. pretty good i think i've made some of the best stuff i've ever made uh doing that people are like messaging fucking almost every week too, asking for like links and downloads to it too you're making good ass shit thank you Post thank it. you listeners put on Bandcamp. It's on, you know what? I hadn't considered Bandcamp. I could probably sell the shit on Bandcamp. Get on there. Maybe we can have RFTB and it's not like the Russian page or whatever it links to on SoundCloud. <laughs> right. Yeah, had, it had we were... to be RFTB pod on, on SoundCloud because oh, RFTB man. was already taken. It was a weird we, Russian website. We directed people to the wrong place for like a couple years as a result. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Really nice. Yeah. Wait, how long has this podcast because, been going on? Five years. Yeah, over five years now. Wow. That's sick. A lot of broken hearts out there. It's true, yeah. An endless stream of questions. Five years. Five motherfuckers. It's weird to think about. I don't know. The first two or three years, though, we were mostly doing Reddit questions. We were too small to, like, consistently get guest questions. And then the past two, I don't know. We get more than enough each week. It's pretty fucking crazy huge turning point for us when we switched from reddit questions to like things that people who listen to the show have written in that was very because then they actually hear the advice and then yeah. they follow, yeah. follow up sometimes people have told sometimes us that like we helped them save out of their a bad marriage. relationship we've heard yeah. that we've heard saved my marriage whoa so you know so we're kind of like renegade heroes in a way we're like we're kind of we don't play by the rules but also like we're kind of heroic at the same time <laughs> yeah we're like spider-man if, but the webs are <laughs> relationship advice something like that whip 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 indeed on to the topic of relationships uh robin how's your how's your dating life going what's your connection to relationships <laughs> currently or generally or where you at um it's like pretty non-existent i guess i i've been trying to uh my rule has been until i get my own apartment i want to have like a career going before i put all my energy into a relationship which is usually what i end up doing when i start dating someone it's like instead of saving money why don't i just you know spend buy uber eats every time you know just stupid um but i guess i went on some good dates last year um but it's always like when i'm on vacation so i can it never leads to anything and then um yeah that's smart yeah i think i i'm afraid of dating here because i uh i hate telling people that i live at i just don't like navigating it it's not like i know i don't want to have them over here and i'm always gonna have to stay at their place uh so yeah i just kind of avoid it i do the kind of uh online you know non-relationship thing and that that seems mm. to provide as much connection as i need it, it, i'm pretty depressed though, yeah like, don't get me wrong uh <laughs> us too <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh don't worry it's miserable like but yeah. like but also it's fun yeah mm. i dig that um yeah i i'm very supportive of people working to their level and figuring out what exactly they need to be satisfied and if that's working out for you then that's fucking badass we're way behind that Thanks. Also, just prioritizing, uh, like, that's a good thing to be able to recognize that, like, oh, shit, when I get into a relationship, everything else goes out the window. I there have... are plenty of people who just do that and don't know they're doing it. And, and it, then, like, like, the rest of their lives sometimes, too. And, like, yeah. that, you know, I, I don't know, then you're fucking 20 years on and you look back and you're like, oh, fuck, I gave up on a lot of things I cared about trying yeah. to avoid that. I have totally. a... a 
similar tendency of kind of going all in on stuff. We've, I've been doing, I broke up with a, a partner almost two months ago now. We were living together. I'm still in the place trying to find a new place. Is uh, she there too? Luckily, no. His, oh, okay. His, staying with her parents and like all things considered it's been it's been pretty amicable just sucks yeah. uh but one of those of like holy fuck i'm in love with this person we got to move in together you start putting all of this energy into it and now coming out of it i'm at this place of like was that healthy like was i yeah. you know because the feelings are real and like you want to you really love somebody you want to make the thing work and spend all of this time with them but i am like reaching this place as I've kind of been healing from it with what you're describing of like, was I putting as much energy into like the other things and relationships in my life that I care about as I should be. And you're kind of blinded when you're in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, having spent so much, so many years now, I guess, because of the pandemic alone, I've noticed that uh, it's the same impulse that drives me to do like online poker or, killing a bunch of time playing chess that kind of reaching out to uh prospective partners is like it um ultimately it all kind of comes down to me avoiding doing music stuff <laughs> even sure. as you know this <laughs> but yeah it's uh i can relate big time to feeling like i've i'm now two years behind the creative stuff i wanted to do because i was in a relationship you know right yeah and there's got to be some way to balance these things, but I I feel like you're on the right track of like let's figure out that part first, and then and then go from there. Mm -hmm. We got we got to make beautiful stuff out here in this world, be it music or a hit dating and relationship advice podcast, featured in the New York Times multiple times. Really. No, How cool would that be? That up. That'd be pretty know. crazy, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> we at one point charted higher than Dan Savage. We did. Oh, that's cool. For, for yeah. one week, that was kind of cool. There's yeah. charts for podcasts. Oh, yeah. oh there's podcast charts. Apple, charts. Apple does them. Cool. Our first spot was oh, uh, nice. number one twenty on the dating and relationship sexuality category in Denmark. We hit that three years that ago. That was our first that chart. It was, was a yeah. big flex. That's when the Times hit us up and was like. Yeah, we're doing a series on podcasts that hit number 120 in smaller European countries, and we really love to talk to you. Oh, you get that a lot. Nice. I get that when, uh, I, like, the day that I put out a classical music album in Canada, because it's such a niche demographic that I'll always be, uh, like, yeah. number three for one Fuck day. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so great. Let's it's fucking go. Great to see <laughs> All right. Our our sort of standard question for new guests we have to hit you with. Uh we we we've established where you're at RE relationships currently. But it but in the past, in these past relationships, do you have any embarrassing dating or relationship stories? Okay, so I thought of like a short and a longer one. Uh is the, like can I tell both or what? Tell the, about yeah, Okay, so the shorter it. one this kind of tells you I'm a jerk. Um, so I matched with somebody on, uh, I think it was Tinder. It was like 2000, must've been 2015 or something. And, uh, we met at a bar that was at the foot of the street where I was living in Toronto. And, uh, <laughs> so we sit down, we're talking at the bar and I'm kind of like, what do you, what do you do? And he's like, uh, it comes out that he's like a, is one of the guys, he's a busker and he like swallows swords, like that have fire shit. on, like that kind of thing. <laughs> 
which now that I have kind of more, you know, I'm like, whatever, that's, it's fine. Do your thing. But at the time I was so like, what? Like, I don't know. I, like really like very judgmental and just, so that was just kind of how it started off. But then there was a concert happening or like a, a local show at the place that was next door to this bar. So we went there and then like, I went to the bathroom and I came back out and some of my friends were there and they were like, the guy you're with is telling everybody that's here that you guys are like dating and like, you're you know, serious they, oh, that you're no. on a date. Um, so I just this left. Was first like, I, I didn't, I just left the bar and walked back to my house and like, didn't like French exit everybody. Pardon? Come back. Okay. okay I can, can I can you. hear okay. you again. I think. Good, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're okay, good. We're good. good. What part did it okay. stop? <laughs> Uh, so he was in the bar telling everybody that you were on a date. Was this a first date? Yes. It was like 10 minutes. Jesus not, <laughs> like we were at the first bar for half an hour. I found out he was a sword swallower. Then we moved to this other place. <laughs> it's good. You could say it's getting pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> we went to a second bar. <laughs> Holy um, fuck. So yeah, then I just, I just left like, which I think was in retrospect was rude. You know, I should have had better personal skills to maybe be like, don't, don't tell people that we're date, like what, you know, Uh, but no, I just left. And then he texted me later, like, you know, you didn't have to be so rude. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's, you know, (laughs) completely fair. Uh, But uh, (laughs) that, that's how that ended. Um, You've pierced my, my heart in the way that the swords that I swallow do not because I'm a sword sweller it's like maybe something you could have said yeah like don't <laughs> that should be on the forefront of your dating profile is that that's your your main <laughs> yeah. hustle i don't know especially um, if you date energy. guys you know what i'm saying especially if yeah. you date people oh with nice you know swallow yeah hey if you're if you're if your cock that's is true. sharp edge don't even worry bro i don't got a trip dog I, yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. it's carny energy. I feel like on a sword yes. swallower, and I feel I've like known that a is number kind of sword of, swallowers, and they're the carniest carnies that ever carnied. It's a little suspicious. Yeah, and maybe that alone wouldn't have been enough to. It would have been rude to leave, but when he started telling uh, people that I knew yeah. that you know, yeah. I'm gone. Um, Weird energy. So the other story was when I was like 21. Um, some of my friends from New York messaged me that their friends needed a place to crash in Toronto. This was like right when I was at the end of college. Um, so I, I was like, yeah, like they were coming in at 4am or something, their place, they were going to stay fallen through. Um, so the next morning my roommate texts me and is like, there's like hot guys in our, in our living room. It was kind of like, Oh, <laughs> uh, so that, that was how I met this group of people. And then uh, a year later, um, I just joined Our Lady Peace and I was on my first like rock band tour, like on the tour bus in, in New York. Um, so get to like, I'm texting this guy all week. I'm like, he's going to come to the show. Is it frozen again? Okay. So, uh, my roommate texts me, there's a bunch of hot guys in our living room. That's like part, part one of how I met this person. Um, then the following year, I had just joined uh, Our Lady Peace, this rock band. Um, so I was on a tour bus and like uh, playing our first show in New York. He came to the show and Our Lady Peace had a day off the day after. So I was like, um, the guys in 
OLP, like all, they're all married, like really nice guys, but they would kind of like chide me for not, you know, like ever having any friends come on the bus or like dating anybody. So it was like, guess what guys, um, this guy that, you know, that this hot guy who was at my show, he's going to like, uh, he's taking, like, I can stay at his place tomorrow. And like, I'd been texting with him. I think I sent a text that was like, so like, do you want to make out tomorrow? Like it, it seemed in my head because he like, it was pre-reactions, but he was like, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It was definitely not like unclear that this like wasn't a date. <laughs> um, so we meet up, um, the bus like leaves to go to the next town. I'm like, I'm going to take the train the following day for the show. And then, uh, so I met up with him. He took me out for dinner that he paid for, um, took me cool. to his job. He was working at like the criterion collection, which I, I was actually pretty cool. Um, um, and got to go on like a tour of the audio thing. I'm not really like a film buff, but I was kind of like, Oh, this is like interesting. And then, uh, we went and hung out with a bunch of his friends and all under the guise of like, I'm crashing at his place. And then, so got, <laughs> got to his place and we're like watching stuff on TV mm-hmm. and stuff like loading up. This was, I guess, yeah, we were watching YouTubes on TV then in like 2013. And uh, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm pretty tired. Do you like want to go to bed? Okay, yeah, sure. And then yeah. um, get in his room and there's like two beds in the room because um, it's Brooklyn, I guess. Oh, like, no. That's, that, that's the deal. And he's kind of like, all right, like this, you know, here's oh, my no. single bed. Here's your single bed. Like kind of like, good night. Um, and, <laughs> and then... That's when, because I lacked the, you know, I was also probably pretty drunk and high. Do we push them together, like, maybe? What do you mean? Like, you're not, you know, you're not gonna fucking hook up with me. Like, just I don't know. And uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and then he was kind of like, "What?" And then, uh, so I brought up the text thing, and he's like, "Oh, I thought you were joking when you said like." Jesus maybe- Christ! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> So then he was kind of like, no, no, yeah, like we we can hook up, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess we could do that. I guess. Uh. And then, so I like went to went to kiss him, uh. and it was like I've never felt like more that somebody wasn't receiving or like returning a kiss, but also that I was like assaulting this person because it, like just oh uh, fuck such a bad vibe or something and then obviously the night just devolved into like how much he misses his you know ex-girlfriend that he just broke up with and like just uh (laughs) but man yeah it was pretty brutal oh my god (laughs) i wish that he had read the vibe and could have then gotten it because the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else we say it all the time maybe he could have healed his broken heart but instead he chose the best it. way to get over somebody is to have them sleep in a twin bed next to you and have an uncomfortable <laughs> kiss and then vent about your ex to them. That's what we always say on this show. That's awful. Fucking miserable. I, I that like particular sense also of when you're you're kissing somebody and you can like you can just oh feel God. that something is off. Yeah, that they're not so into hard. it or that they're a bad kisser or that the energy is just fucked it's such a distinctly on because it's intimate your fucking mouths are together and yeah. then you are the most in your head and like <laughs> why what is this i don't I, I always go to like just this very visceral sense of like why are why are our tongues in each other's mouths this is disgusting Mm-mm-mm. i don't want this. and then how do you kind of pull away and, and, and redirect 
That's fucking wild. Maybe though. like it's an early twenties thing where like if I had done that, let agreed to let somebody stay, decided the vibe was off during the date, didn't want to hook up with them, like say something like that you miss your ex way earlier yeah. in the, in the day, yeah. so don't buy them dinner or something like. Yeah, that all all of that read as very vibey, and then that's fucking bizarre. Vibeless. Was there ever any follow up? Like, are you still in touch with this guy? Did you ever did he ever apologize or anything? He didn't apologize, but we are in touch enough that I think if he like listened to this, I in my head, we still have mutual friends and stuff, but I I don't think he'd care. I think he'd be able to laugh about it. It, it was like over a decade ago. Sure. I think okay. it's probably fine. <laughs> tweet him and, the uh, link. Make sure yeah, you tweet him. Shouts the link. out. I I will, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Robin's friend, you can get a bonus episode each week at patreon.com slash RTB. Incredible. Yeah, it's true. Use some of that Criterion Skrill X. Send us some DVDs or something. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. That's that's yeah. harrowing. And I don't know if we've had a completely I don't even think it's misread signals though, because the signals it I mean, I would feel like, yeah, that person wants to they want me to come stay with them. Yeah. But just a complete yeah, they, they said like, yeah, we're gonna make out. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for sharing. How's about we put our heads together and and try to answer some other people's problems? How do we feel about this? I love it. Hell yeah. Yeehaw. Can't wait. Et cetera. Uh, But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, Hey, what's what's up? up? Uh, It's me, Twin Bed Donovan. And I'm the other twin bed Donovan, because there's there's two of the twin beds. And we're here to tell you, you know what's better than having two places to separate places to sleep in one room? What's that? The the Radio Free Tote Bag Patreon. Patreon. And it's just one place. At patreon.com slash RFTB, you can get a bonus episode each week. Imagine that. A main episode and a bonus episode each week, as if two twin beds in each bedroom that's each week. What a steal. We love it. You will love it, too. So many places to stretch out. So many places to distance yourself from someone staying with you. It's a hoot and a holler. Patreon.com slash RFTB. I call the top bunk. No, I call the top bunk. And then it's like two of me like arguing over the twin bed. That's right. <laughs> patreon.com question box banger oops that was the wrong <laughs> what button. the fuck that was the wrong button it's right next to, it's right next to the other one hold on there can only be one nope shit that's, that's not the other it one. either here we go <laughs> you killed one of the twin bed diamonds and all balance is restored I'm gonna take your voice and double it so it'll be like there's two of you speaking Fuck. I like that idea It's the question box. It's the segment of the show where you, the listener, can send in your questions and we will do our best to answer them. If you're new here or you have forgotten, it's simple. Go to our social media at RFTBpod on Instagram or Twitter or our website, RFTB.me. Click that submit a question link. You don't have to make an account. It's fucking anonymous. You just get a text box and you dump the contents of your heart into that box. And then we give you advice that is pretty good if I say so myself. Audrey, who are we talking about first this week? Who are we healing first? Hey, tote baggers. What's up? I've got less of a relationship question. Okay. You know, we'll allow it. 
essentially I'm feeling really burnt out in life. I've been single for years, getting like one date every four years. I feel like my friends hate me and I'm sleeping slash relaxing no longer recharges my battery. Instead, just sort of being a power supply that has to stay plugged in the wall. My hobbies are not sparking joy. Any advice on how to get out of this slump? That fucking sucks, and that sounds like ultra depression, and I, I have say, been there. Partner. SSRIs probably yeah. is where I would go. If I, had, if I had been to medical school for four years on top of also uh, doing uh, uh, like a therapy internship somewhere, I would be qualified to give you Celexa, but I'm not. So you'll have to talk to somebody about getting some medication to help with the, with the depression. You should also talk to your congressperson and say, hey, let podcasters prescribe medication. If they've been doing <laughs> a show for five years, they know when it's appropriate. We'll, yeah. send, you, we'll send you some cool Zoloft. I've been sticker. doing the show longer than most people have been, you know, in yeah. school. So this is our residency. <laughs> for real, though, this this sounds like the most you're describing like classic depression, particularly the shit about hobbies not sparking joy. Yep. And about just feeling exhausted even when you're sleeping the amount. Like, I have felt this exact kind of thing when, and I look back in retrospect, and that's like the lowest, most depressed points of my life. Uh, and it's, it's fucking hard to break out of. And I would be like, hey, try to get more involved with activities and doing stuff. But it sounds like you're doing a lot of stuff, and that's just not energizing you. And I mean, jokes aside, I, I feel like that is the time or if you've got access to it, to get into therapy or maybe get into medication just to get you to a place that it's not so draining just to fucking exist because this stuff just snowballs. You know, it's fucking exhausting to feel like that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd say, uh, like, if you can do a walk for 10 minutes a day for no other reason than your brain, it will help after, like, two weeks, you'll really notice it. Um it i don't know it does it physiologically makes a huge difference because it in my head it kind of just shakes your brain up like a snow globe and mm, some yes. of the like bullshit just kind of settles um in other spots i think that's also like neurologically what's happening as well when you exercise like and uh what else if it's sometimes it's hard to know if your friends actually suck or if it's the depression, but sometimes, <laughs> I mean, real. that's why most of my friends are, most of my friends are online. Um, because you know, I, I had to make the same kind of choices. Sometimes your friends do suck. Sometimes you have to make new friends. Um, I, I started playing chess on my phone and it's kind of a very minimal, like you're, you are playing against another human. So there is like a social element, even though it's like a, a stranger. So it was just little things. You could find a chess club in your in your town or something if or like bowling. I don't know. Something um, to mix. I'm it sober up. as well. So sober activities. Sure. You it's uh there's no uh shortage of people who are also sober who want to do like things like bowling and going to an arcade or something like that. I feel like that's really? gonna be folks too who have been through something and likely is similar to what you're feeling. Like if you don't have people in your life already that can support you in a way where they like understand what's going on. Cause like, I, I don't know. I have friends who have never been depressed or have no mental health stuff, which is fucking crazy to me, but like yeah. we've connected on something or other and they're, you know, good friends and often supportive, but there is like a distinct difference having people around you who just, you're feeling this depressed and if they haven't felt that before, it can be this really isolating thing. You can start being like, 
am I just fucking crazy? Like I'm doing all of the things. Why do I, why do I feel like this? And so if you don't have people in your life already like that, like I would encourage whether through going through activities or, you know, if it's uh, finding people who are also sober, if you're in something where you're getting off of substances um, mm-hmm. or fucking just communities online, I, I don't know, join our discord. People talk about mental health stuff in there. Just if you, having people in your life who can be like, hey, no, I've felt like that also. And here's what's helped to get me out of it. Or here's what I who know how to support you because they've been in that place. I think that is important if you don't have that, because I can ju- it can be such a fucking isolating feeling. To Absolutely. be like, nothing. I'm trying. Nothing's working. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And, you know. And that just the more kind of isolated you feel, the worse those feelings get too. Um, I have a couple of little media resources that I, uh, one of which I found very helpful at a very dark time, and then I could I could watch it and sort of feel like I understood what was happening to me more, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a TED talk, which <laughs> fuck TED, but, <laughs> but uh, it's by a dude named Andrew Solomon, uh, who did a TED talk called Depression, the Secret We All Share. Interesting. That I, that I find uh, uh, really elucidating. Uh, and then another big reco would be House of Decline's recent episode, the depressive episode, yeah. where Alex uh, from House of Decline goes down. What? What is that? House of Decline. What's House of Decline. House of Decline He's a is f- fellow Toronto. Yeah, per- Torontonian. Yeah, is that Toronto White. Toronto White. Is it a podcast? Yep. He does comics okay, and he cool. also does this podcast. And we've had yeah. him on and been over there. It just lovely fucking person. Yeah, super cool dude. Cool. Um, and he talks uh, very openly and frankly about his experience with depression, uh, including some real fucking gnarly shit. And uh, I find that it like hearing these things described in someone else helps me understand them. My feelings as not out of the ordinary, that this is something that other people have, have handled and it's sort of seeing someone on the other side of that or somebody who has maybe a better handle on it than me inspires me to uh, believe that I can find uh, a way out of that darkness. So exactly. Nice. Yeah. Because if you're if you're really in the hole in this way, I mean, I'll, I'll speak to my own experience. Like on this show, right before the pandemic, I think I talked about it somewhat, but I was in the worst fucking depression of my life. I wasn't leaving the house. I felt like I I couldn't. I would wake up every day with what you're describing, just like fucking exhausted. It felt like having no energy to work on any of the things that could get me out of it, and it literally. And it felt in the moment, it feels like it's going to be forever. It feels like, how the fuck could I possibly get out of this? I am miserable every single day. How can I even start to do anything that would get me out of there? Um, But I I did get out of that, you know, and it's not as easy as just, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like it took some time and it didn't go away right away. Uh, But like, I can speak to that feeling. If you're really feeling that right now, of just this slump, and like, I'm doing all of the things I'm supposed to be doing. Why isn't this fucking working? There is a way to get out of that. This kind of stuff is is temporary, but you got to kind of try little steps. What Robin was suggesting about just doing some kind of physical activity was a big one for me. Like I stopped exercising and that made it worse. And it was, it was like, how the fuck can I go to the gym? Like I'm weak as shit now. I have to get up and go to the place. 
But doing something like do yoga on your floor for five minutes or go walk around the block, it can initially be like, oh, that's nothing or whatever. But you just keep that thing up and you start building up some momentum. And eventually you're like, wait a second, it's actually not, I, this makes me feel better. Doing like 30 minutes of yoga would actually be like appealing right now. You could pick yeah. that back up. Um, but just finding anything like that. I also have a lot of luck with shaking it up. Just, Shake you, it you up. know, your, 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 your hobbies aren't sparking joy. Is there anything you've ever wanted to try to like fucking learn about or I, I started doing acting classes at the beginning of the year, and I've, I've talked about that on here to like work through performance anxiety stuff. And like it's worked for that, and that's been great. But just like having this new thing in my schedule each week, and you meet new people, and you go do something that you know I hadn't fucking done before. There's something really energizing about just shake up the whole fucking routine in that way. You know, if you're, if you're painting miniatures and that's not serving you anymore, that's just kind of bumming you out. Go play, get in a fucking kickball league. Like, do something yeah. fucking stupid too. Do something way out there to to shake you out of it a little bit. I love and that. I, I, think I got that a weird, help. a weird thing that I've uh, picked up from like years in therapy, which is my own like crazy person's uh, approach to uh, getting better. Which is yeah. if you've got like your inner child, which is like the part of you that's unhealed from being a kid, yeah. that's you know upset. Um, maybe it's got like attachment issues or like avoidance trauma from like growing up. Um, and then you also know that saying that's like your team is only as strong as your weakest link or whatever. Right. So if your inner, if you also bully your inner child, like oh, I do. your, your team is going to be just like struggling as a result. So you have to kind of find a way to be like, all right, you're, you can play sports with us to the inner child. <laughs> <laughs> I like that in order to kind of get it on your side yeah, and then I uh, stop bullying it as much like uh, see how that I mean it's it's hard advice to follow but it also makes me laugh kind of yeah I think that's useful too to like not approach things with too much dourness and like this is serious business and I need to get better because that's that's fucking bleak I don't know. It's like this show. If we had no element of humor in this, it could be pretty draining to just talk very seriously about heavy stuff all of the time. That kind of just makes you feel worse. And so I I feel you on the, the healing your inner child type stuff and just generally being nicer to yourself because there can also be this component where you're fucking exhausted and you feel depressed and then you're like, I'm such a piece of shit. I'm not doing yeah. anything. <laughs> and then you're just fucking beating yourself up on top of feeling like shit. That's not fucking fair. And I think if you frame that as like, this is this inner part of me that I'm working on healing, I think that can make it a little easier to be empathetic towards yourself if you kind of struggle with doing that initially. Because yeah, it, it's easier said than done, but that... It's something really worth practicing. I've been trying to put a lot of time into that too. And like, I, I, we, I've done the breakup dates and all this shit in my life for the past couple months. It's been fucking exhausting, but I am finding that I don't get <laughs> bogged down with like self-hating despair in the way I was before. It's more like, damn, circumstances really fucking suck right now. But also like, I got to be nice to myself because I'm already dealing with all of that other stuff, you know? Get yourself a little treat or something when you're out and about. Just do something fucking mm -hmm. stupid to shake it up and be nice to yourself. And practicing that habit makes it a lot easier to, you know, to support yourself out of something like this. Definitely.
I'm feeling hyped up about this because I've been I've been having a bit of a fucking rough stretch. But we we fucking believe in you, listener. I hope that this stuff passes for you quickly and you find some light at the end of the tunnel soon. Because again, I, I know what that feels like, and it sucks so fucking bad. But also good on you for writing in and trying to like figure this stuff out instead of giving up on it and trying to do all the, you know, your hobbies and all the other stuff that you're still maintaining. Like, give yourself credit for that shit. And uh, if we're, if any of this helps, if you if you make any progress, when you do make progress, honestly, yeah. right in because we it helps to hear when other people have been in the heavy place and then they're not anymore. And I guarantee you'll get there. So we we gave you advice. Now you owe us. Write us a follow up in like a month or two. But fucking <laughs> hang in there. Yeah, you're gonna make it. Yeah. What's next? Fucking, God bless. fucking depression. I hate it so it's much. The worst. It's <laughs> it like the worst ass. possible shit. <laughs> it really fucking is. But a lot of us been there. A lot of us have gotten out. Let's check out this one. I got to stop doing this. I got to stop just vamping while I look for the question. <laughs> I probably should have picked one. Yeah. You uh, how about this one? This is the last one. This one is. This one is a lot. Okay. Should I date a narcissist? Been spending time with this woman, both in her 30s, both with careers. It's very convenient to hang out with her, and we have a lot of fun. We've spent some serious time together, and I've noticed a pattern where she has to spoil any fun times we're having by either projecting onto me super hard, or she'll have to say something awful and mean for no reason until I shut down and disengage. No amount of pushback or criticism lands and just gets reflected. I.e., we have a fun time at the movies, but on the drive home, she, out of nowhere, starts chewing me out about my driving and calls me a dipshit. Jesus. And then when I try to explain that this is fucked up behavior, she asks me why I'm being so mean to her and demands I stop making her upset. She also struggles with intimacy and isn't good about reciprocating affection, but I'm a people pleaser and she's good company on a lazy day. I don't know. It feels like she's around all the time now and I would have to actually cut her out of my life or something in order to make a relationship work with someone else. But this is not a real relationship and it doesn't seem too healthy. Can these things be salvaged or am I going to have to do something hard? I'm not skilled at this and could use advice. Thanks. <laughs> That's the breakup air horn. Get the okay. fuck out of there. You gotta get yeah. the, you gotta reach escape velocity immediately. Cause like, just like getting ambushed by random mean shit for no fucking reason. What the fuck? Yeah. If somebody treated me like that, I would crumple. I would fold yeah. like a cheap deck chair. I could not, could not handle that shit. You can't, you can't subject yourself to that kind of thing. The only thing that I think maybe like, because you're saying she's good company on a lazy afternoon. If you really want to, and I don't think you should, I'm going to preface it this way. If you really want to keep having, say, physical intimacy with this person, downgrade everything. Just be like, we don't, we don't hang out. We don't talk. You come here. We have sex. You go home. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you have to, you know, try to eliminate everything just don't even do that. Get really the fuck bad. out. I, Just get I, the fuck out. <laughs> I, I can't Holy imagine smokes. it's it's worth it with this person. If you're describing that, like, no. 
the, the they're not even particularly good at like being affectionate and stuff Awful. i get being lonely and like you want some company or whatever but like this ain't there's people out there who are not gonna call you a dipshit yeah. yeah especially if you've just gone to like a carnival or something. like that's so fun it's only gonna get worse if you're a people pleaser yeah. right like, if they're being mean to you and then saying that you're the one being mean that's so like that's gonna set a weird seed in your head and you're gonna like stay in it way longer unless you get yep. out soon you know yep. you gotta go because th- th- this kind of person too can just frame everything as your fault and be very good at that and then you get locked in because you're already describing a little bit of this, but like, well, I can't let them down. I don't want to like cut this person out or whatever. Like you, you're picking up correctly that this is probably, this isn't too healthy. As you said, this is extremely not healthy. This is really bad times. And if you're already at the page two where you're like, this isn't a real relationship, I would like to get out there and date people, but I can't do that in the current situation then you have to, you just have to cut this. This is doing nothing but holding you back and making you feel shitty. And like, even if it's cool to hang out every once in a while with this person, there's people who are cool who aren't going to call you a dipshit and and ruin everything all of the time. It's comical how much this person sucks. Yeah, Yeah. truly awful. Um, There is a value proposition at play here where you're like, man, being alone super fucking sucks. And being with this person is better than being alone. You have to calculate whether or not that's actually fucking true. It's not because true. Because you might be yeah. so much better off just vibing by yourself. Yeah. There's a new Legend of Zelda out. Like, just yeah, go play Tears that Kingdom, shit. Yeah, baby, go play that shit. <laughs> totally. I'm playing through Divinity Original Sin 2 with my partner again. That's a great <laughs> game, even solo style. Get in that shit. Literally any any activity is better than this. Elden Ring is still good. Yeah. The DLC coming. Fuck. I know I'm talking about video games a whole bunch. <laughs> Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon is coming out in August along with Baldur's Gate 3. There's plenty of shit to do. It doesn't involve getting called a dipshit. It's true. It's like a gambling addiction, those kind of relationships. Yes. Like it, it, it probably is. feels really good. Like that's the narcissist love bombing, you know, you all hear about. And then uh, as soon as it gets bad, you're like, putting $400 into the slot machine to try and win again. Yep. And it's like, it, it, but that's the nature of the beast is like, you're only going to feel worse and worse. It's never going to, you'll be chasing the dragon. Like, Oh yeah. I don't know it. I get why you want a relationship like that because it feels like the high of it is like doing really good drugs yes. uh, when it starts. But yeah, it, maybe start recognizing it as that more than anything like an authentic connect, <laughs> anything close to an authentic connection. Definitely. I, I oh, a little bit of a burp oh, yep. sneaking okay. up there. Okay. I, uh, I, I think that's a very apt description of this. And there is, I, I've been in a relationship like this, like years ago. And there is something where like the chaos like that, you can mistake for like, this is real love because the feelings are so intense. Yeah. And she gets upset and stuff, but when it's good, it's really good. And like, it's worth fighting through. And like, that's just not the fucking case. A healthy relationship does not involve just constant like degradation of you by this person. And also Mm -hmm. in this weird limbo of it's not a relationship. uh, I I see how you can get caught into this, but just pull the fucking ripcord. Like the hard thing you're describing of cutting this person out right now is infinitely easier than if you ride this out for another fucking year or something and you get into some fucked up codependent thing with them. 
And for nothing, again, it, it doesn't sound like this person's very fun. Or what are no. they bringing to the table? Just Get so- out and tell them they're a bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Play an air horn sound. No, get a real air horn yeah. and fucking yeah. honk them. Yeah. Be mean. If they be like, you want me to be mean? Yeah. That's what I do. Square yeah. up. Uh, <laughs> we. I love that. We we believe in you though. Like really, please just trust your the gut instinct right now that's telling you this is not good. That's a very healthy instinct. Get out of this thing. Find someone who does that. not suck. There's people out there who don't suck. I'm fucking great. There's other me's out there probably. It's true. And for the purpose of this next question, you can date more than one of them too at once. Whoa. It's possible. Whoa. Uh, because Uh-oh. the question goes, was polyamory a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> what a question. I, for me, it hasn't been. I feel, you know, pretty okay with where I am with non-monogamy. I've, uh, for Robin's sake and listeners who don't know, I uh, don't know how you would know. I talk about her all the time. I am dating uh, a woman named Corla. Corla is uh, dating three other people aside from me, and it is available to me to date whoever I would like. Uh, and there have been various times where I have dated more than one person at once. I think it fucking rocks, and I think I have a really you know decent time with it. Is it very difficult? Yes, at times. Uh, is it just sick as fuck when you get to like you know? <laughs> When the good things happen in it. Oh, oh, so good. So I I would say the polyamory was not a mistake for my context. I don't know how anyone else on the call feels. Yeah. I mean, same page. Maybe for some people it is. Did different structures work for different people, but don't like all over write off a thing. I'm wondering if this person had like a bad experience with it and is like, well, fuck all of this stuff but likely more a combination of the people and and you rather than the whole thing being written off. Yeah. There's all kinds of fucked monogamous relationships, you know, it's about what the actual interaction Mm -hmm. looks like and not necessarily the structure of it. Yeah. My big uh, point that, and this is something I used to kind of comfort myself when I'm feeling uh, uh, insecure or upset or jealous in the context of this non-monogamous relationship, I could be, exactly this jealous under monogamy right mm-hmm. it's just you know different context and uh yeah it's when it's good it's good and when it's bad it's something that can be worked through it's not a it's not a fucking death sentence to feel uh you know uncomfortable or upset when your partner is with somebody else you're not gonna die from it you're gonna you can be okay that's true. You can like express the jealousy, I'm guessing, without it being like a why are you getting jealous type yeah. scenario. Yeah. It's like uh because they know it's they know why they're jealous. You know why I'm jealous. Uh but it's it's a matter of a we find it's a matter of affirming the things that make your relationship special and good and unique, uh in that context. So it's you know, oh babe, you know. Yeah, it's it's hard right now. You're feeling really bad, but like, do you remember when we went and got poutine together? That was fucking sick, wasn't it? And that was a special cool thing that we did together. I got sick off the shrimp. It was so good. 
Was this just a little Canadian twist for a Canadian guest, or did you get sick eating poutine? Out of I got date? sick eating a shrimp poutine. <laughs> Wait, and she brought that up as like the remember no, this fun. No, I'm, I'm just okay. making it up. No, it is a cherished it is a cherished memory for us though. We went to this um, place called Bishop's Quarter. Shout out to um, uh, Sid, one of our patrons. Uh, used oh to yeah, work there. I know you're talking about. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you gotta get the poutine, it's so good. Let's just each get an order of poutine, and then we'll get apple we'll good fucking main course of shit. It'll be fucking great. We're gonna get real wild with it, eat all the food. <laughs> we each get about halfway through our giant plates of poutine and look at each other like I think we're good. I think that's it. Two plates was a mistake. But it's like uh yeah, it's like crispy seasoned fries with cheese curds and like a seasoned gravy, like a some kind Damn. of like a really nice flavorful gravy with fucking fried shrimp on top, which I had never seen before. I'm on board mm, with this. Yum. Maron. Maron. <laughs> so polyamory, not a mistake, but two full plates of shrimp poutine was Giant a mistake. mistake. I think that's where we've landed. Giant flavorful yeah. mistake. We got any other thoughts on this one or we want to hit one more? One, I've never, I don't have any, I have nothing to add. I was going to ask if you had <laughs> It sounds had like any. it would be awful. I, I think it, <laughs> um, but I, I've dated uh, people, not official polyamory, but like I've dated people who are like, you know, cheating and sure. it sucks. It sucks. Like there's nothing you can do and uh, you get jealous and it doesn't make a difference and you kind of have to go, well, that's sort of what I signed up for here. Damn. So that sounds it's mega unhealthy. Good. Yeah, you gotta be yeah. Like, oh very bad yeah, yeah you gotta why, be yeah. able to like bring it to the person and like there's uh there's a sort of a matrix of responsibility for the jealousy because the jealousy comes from within you it's a feeling that you're generating so you have to own that to a certain degree however it is also incumbent upon your partner to help you set up situations in which the jealousy can be ameliorated or to not do specific things that can really trigger the jealousy and so you kind of work about around those boundaries yeah. and figure out uh what's healthy and, and good for you agreeing on ground rules and shit and not just yeah. like i'm gonna go fuck other people and do you you're fuck you can and be you fine with that or fuck off. Yeah. like that, that yeah. sucks oh yeah i'm gonna yeah. bring people home <laughs> to our marital bed i i know a couple you should have them on this show actually i'll put you in touch with them oh, yeah. uh where they're so open and have made it work like they've gone on dan savage to talk about it i don't know how oh, they interested how they do it but it's the only like polyamorous couple i know where they've managed to make it work now you know too i don't know well yeah now i know too sorry (laughs) Uh, we did break up for like a month back not that long ago so maybe well you came back together (laughs) and you started the podcast back up yeah but there's good and bad and it's i mean it's just like fucking monogamous relationships there's good and bad ones I think bad poly relationships stand out more because it's a less mainstream thing and there's more moving parts. And, you know, it seems like a particularly uh, kind of kind of chaos that like sticks out in a different way than your bog standard. Like, yeah, well, their partner is a piece of shit or something. And we've seen a million mm -hmm. mono relationships like that. And it's like uh, mono, mono, yeah, <laughs> mono versus poly. analog or mono. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, stereo uh, mono. Renowned uh, practitioner of polyamory and friend of the show, KRL, uh, says most people are bad at relationships. So most people who practice polyamory are going to be bad <laughs> at relationships. And it's relationship varsity level. Like it's a harder thing you're trying to do and you suck at it and it's just going to be a nightmare. 
But ultimately, you just got to find the thing that fucking works for you. So yeah. don't don't blame the structure or blame the you know the person who calls you a dipshit when you're driving or whatever hierarchical polyamory period. was a mistake how about that shit how about i make a stand for relationship anarchy how about i do that let's go i think like a marriage the whole thing of marriage buying you know the legal stuff behind divorce i think that sucks i think so too oh yeah but i don't know i kind of get monogamy like i like if anyone asks, like, do I want to have a threesome? It's like, no, I do not. <laughs> like, I I demand to be the s- center of attention. You know? Ah, but what if you were the center of attention for two? <laughs> <laughs> but then they could that the rule would have to be that they could do the same thing, right? Maybe. I mean, some I people would be chill with that with not that being the thing. <sighs> Depends. On, I don't know. Much to it think is, about. It is a lot of work and moving parts, and I'm I'm also generally drawn more towards monogamy. But again, like it's because it's what works for the individuals yeah. and listener. Like if that's not the thing for you, then like it isn't the thing for you, and that's cool. But it don't mean that uh, it's all bad news. No, sometimes it's very good news. How about we do yellow stubberino? One more quick one. One more quick one. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, have you guys ever been in a long distance relationship that actually worked out? I'm currently in one. And as much as I love my boyfriend, our situation seems pretty, ho- feels pretty hopeless sometimes. And it tears me up. Any advice from Carly from Twitter? Shouts out, Carly. Okay. <laughs> I'm in one now. The aforementioned polyamorous relationship is also long distance. Talk about non-traditional structures here. Um, and it's it's working out okay. We just, you know, we try to stay in contact uh, as much as possible. We spend a lot of time on Discord calls. We play a lot of games together. We're both, like, it helps that we're both into the same nerd shit, so we get to experience that together. Um, yeah, I think just, like, setting the time aside and, like, the thing that never that made me feel like a long distance relationship wasn't working was when I felt like I wasn't a priority because I was very far away. Yeah, it's a bad. I feeling. feel like I am a priority despite the twenty five hundred miles between us. That takes pretty direct effort to uh, to keep that up. Robin, did you mention you've dated some people distance or was like not a serious thing? Yeah, I think I've had a bunch of them over the years, and the. So I've thought about this a lot. And uh, I think that when you first start some of them, it's the the sort of love bombing or the initial honeymoon phase of texting. A lot of what you're doing is reading your own texts and basically yep. just falling in love with yourself like that. You know, uh, there's some of that. for or, sure. And as a result, when it gets taken away, like I, I had a long distance thing with a guy that I knew since high school and probably until we were 24 or so mm. just constant texting and then uh he started dating someone at work and then i know she found the text because i was suddenly blocked everywhere oh, and never heard from him that's again and it was miserable. like that's yeah and it was only then that i was kind of like oh i really i had feelings for this person but i didn't know um but i think that unless you're going to move in together for long distance unless it's a unique uh polyamorous situation uh it it will hurt no matter what when it ends. It, it will probably be a more like painful ending because it'll be harder to end since it's like you're you were always kind of apart. Mm. Um, 
but I do think it's possible. I've seen, I know a lot of people that it's worked out for. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's probably case by case. Mm-hmm. It is kind of the same thing of what we were talking about in the last one. We're like, yeah, that structure can work for some people, but it doesn't for others. And there are like specific types of distinct pain that can come with it. If it's not going well, like I, mm-hmm. I was in one for half of college. It was a, very toxic relationship generally and was when we were in person too but that particular kind of shit was extra bad when it's like you're dating long distance and like audrey's saying the priority thing all of a sudden you just don't get almost anything for a few days and it's like what what the fuck does this person Mm -hmm. not give a shit about me what do i and you can't just like walk up and be like hey what's going on let's talk this out because they can just ignore your texts and that's yeah, fucked. Or they can be like, you're clingy. You exactly. Know? <laughs> oh, you're texting too much or whatever. And like, that fucking sucks. It's a miserable feeling. And it has made a distinct version of miserable by not being able to go fucking kiss and make up or whatever. Or just the general kind of heartache of like, fuck, I love this person so much, but I, I can't see them for another couple months. Like, that's its own distinct kind of roughness, too. Um, but at the same time, there's something kind of romantic about that and building, like making the time very special that you get to see each other as kind of a side effect of that. Personally, I, I really wouldn't want to do it again without any kind of like distinct kind of end date to it. I, I, I found it difficult to sustain just with the way that my brain works. Um, but they, they can work, you know? And so if you're in a place where you're, feeling you know pretty hopeless and all of that i mean it is worth just evaluating is there an outcome to this like what do i need i want to be with this person is there a place is there is there a way that we get to that point where we both live in the same place and we can do the things that we want or is that impossible and it really actually is hopeless and in that case is it worth just ending it even though that fucking sucks but putting the work in to try to find somebody new closer to you or whatever that's so smart. Um, mm-hmm. So I know it's, you know, that's kind of a, well, it depends kind of fucking trope answer, but like it, it, it does. But I think it's worth evaluating. Is this pain just from, it fucking hurts to be apart from the person you love, but we can get there. Or is it something completely insurmountable? In which case, maybe, maybe this just isn't, just isn't it. I think if it's been going on for a year plus, like, say that you you have to yeah set an end date mm. um or date other people but if it seems like they're they don't trust you like that's another thing is the sort of inherent polyamory of the long distance thing like they 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 don't know what you're doing yeah um mm. so you can do you know they can do whatever they want you can do whatever you want but also it you know there's no trust so i don't know yeah, if you, th- that's another like essential thing for those is the communication and the trust to know like, well, I'm not going to see this person all the time. They could be off doing stuff and trust them to not be doing that. That's coming down to the same like the communication and the ground rules and everything need to be fucking set up in the way they would in any mm-hmm. arrangement. But there's particular things with the distance of like, I need this kind of reassurance or this kind of thing to reinforce the trust between us. And, you know, if you're at a place where those needs aren't being met, then again, I think it's just, you got to evaluate this thing. And 
is it healthy? And even if it is healthy, is there an outcome to this where the arrangement is what you want? You know, and if you don't like distance and it's going to be this way forever, then maybe it is just not for you. Right. Um, that's fucking relationships. Generally, you got to take that time to inventory. Is this good for me or not? And that's a fucking hard thing to do. Is this but, good for me? Is this ultimately where I want to be? How long do I want to be in this? Exactly. Yeah. I, I wish you luck, though. I hope that it is Definitely. good and you're able to sort it out if, if things are generally good, because I don't know. I know that particular kind of heartache of being far away and you just want to fucking hold the person. And that's a that's a tough feeling. So mm-hmm. if things are good, I hope you all are able to get to the place that you're looking for. Big same. Fingers crossed for you. And not fingers crossed, but hands crossed because I missed trying to clap. And now palms together because we got to thank Robin for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> what do you have to plug? Where can the people find you? Um, I just put out a single last week called 2600. It's on Spotify and my Bandcamp. Um, okay. And you can pre-order my new vinyl, which is also on Bandcamp. RobinHatch.Bandcamp.com Let's fucking go. Get out Thanks. there. Give Robin the RFTB bump. Mentioned yeah. in New York Times a hundred times at this point. That's Anytime so somebody plugs something on our show, the whole, we call it the Times averse all the writers and readers out at the times that were the kind extended of the, time universe. Car of TV is kind of like the sun in the time of verse. If you think about it, wait, there's like a paper called the sun. There's probably something there is, I could yeah. do with that, but yeah, maybe not today. Listener, I'll be workshopping that for later. <laughs> well, Robin, thank you so much again for joining us. And we also have to thank our, our fucking favorites. It's our goddamn patrons. You heard twin bed Donovan, both of them talking about our Patreon early before one was tragically killed by Audrey's gun sound drop. Uh, but don't worry, I'm I'm the other one, and I'm still here, and I'm still telling you that the Patreon's a great place. Bonus episode each week. We got a Discord. We'll send you a sticker, $5 a month. But for $10 a month, you get all of that, and we shout your name out in lights at the end of each episode every week. I'm clicking $10 and clicking active. And Audrey, who are we shouting out first? We begin as we do with Brock. We're shouting out Anthony Limburg. We're going to shout out our beloved day one Barb. We're shouting out my beloved day one. It's my own dad. We're shouting out daddy Dylan, who is recovering nicely from surgery. We love Uh, that. Yes. Prayers up. Prayers up. up. Uh, We're shouting out GG. We're shouting out. K friggin' money. We're shouting out Malcriada. We're shouting out MC Proletariota. We're shouting out Mickey Flykick. We're gonna shout out Riley. We're shouting out from episode 105, the Yellow Rose of Toland. is rich homie Click Clack. It's Ryan. We're shouting out Spreadable Fruit. We're shouting out Super Deformed. We're shouting out Tufted Titmouse. And finally, last but not least, we're shouting out Ren. Woo-hoo. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet, indeed. Y'all are the wind beneath our beneath wings. Our wing. You're the wind beneath our wings. And thank you Love so much it. for supporting us. If you want to support the show and you can't throw us dollars, uh, give us five stars on like Spotify and iTunes and stuff. We just got a couple nice reviews on iTunes the past couple weeks. That feels good. 
One person said that I swear too much, but they got used to it. <laughs> and I just want to remind you that we're renegades out here. We don't play Wait, by the FCC rules. That, they said that you swear too much and not me. I figure, I think I use profanity more often than you do. I thought. Burn. We got to get a counter going. Listeners, vote now for who's the most profane. <laughs> Audrey O'Donovan. Yeah, vote in the Discord. Uh, but yeah, give us five stars places. That's very nice. And it also helps us. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that's about it for us. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. I'm going to get right up on this microphone as I have a tendency to do, and I'm going to say I love you. Thanks. Bye. Ooh.